Mark Twain said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Hello, and welcome to an all new episode of Mindset Goal. In this episode, myself and my guest, Jack Ely, talk about compliments and more specifically, accepting compliments. If this is a conversation you'd like to have, maybe with me on the podcast, let me know. You can reach out on Instagram and tell me about it. And maybe we can have this conversation just like myself and Jack did. This is officially the first conversation on the podcast with a guest. Well, I did it before in like season one, but this is the first of the this new way of doing it. So I want to welcome, uh, well, maybe you can introduce yourself. Hello, guys. I am Jack Healy. I am George's flatmate and his friend. And? And his manager as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. All right, cool. Let's talk about accepting compliments. So first question I have for you is, what do you think about compliments and complimenting people? I find it, I find it really interesting, I think, for a long time. And I think for most people, specifically British people as well, I find, I think we're really bad at accepting compliments. And I find generally we don't tend to give that many compliments I think if you look in our culture, if you compare it to, let's say, for the the Americans, for example, it just tends to be a little bit more kind of just what they do. They they love to speak to other people. Yeah. They love to praise one another. I think in Britain, we don't tend to do that. So I find a lot of the times when you're speaking to British people and you're complimenting British people, you can tell we, we just seem uncomfortable about yeah. it. We seem that just a little bit awkward. And just put off. You, even to the fact you don't even want to give a compliment because you're, you're going to get rejected. Indeed, indeed. And I think it's, it's, you know, when we were speaking outside of this this podcast, we were talking about how uh, you tend not to give compliments to some people because you can't gauge their reaction. You don't know how they're going to react to it if it's someone who you've never spoken to exactly, before. yeah. And that, that's the scary thing, isn't it? Because if you don't know, like if I'm just randomly at a gym and I want to, you know, go over and compliment somebody, I don't know how they're going to react. They might go crazy. Like, why, why are you, you know, why are you trying to compliment my body in the gym? Uh, whereas I'm just trying to be nice. So it doesn't actually work like that. And I think sometimes it's also that thing of uh, being in a city as well. Like, never mind complimenting someone. Sometimes if you're just on the, the tube and you turn around and talk to someone in London, they'll look at you being like, <laughs> what are you doing? What do you want? Yeah, I guess, could, and I, that's something... <clears throat> maybe part of British culture because there's so many different people. So you just don't know like how, if I like, so someone's culture might be, I'm going to compliment you. But then in another culture, that could be like, Oh, you know, he's trying to start a conversation. So it's a bit weird. I don't know. So it's just cultural differences because there's so many different people from everywhere. I know. I get that. I get that. So a question for you then is why do you think people are bad at, why, why do you think people aren't good at accepting compliments? Why do you think people shy away from it? That's a great question. Um, that's a great question. I feel like this should be your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's, I think why are people bad at accepting compliments? I think people try to deflect it a lot. Um, I think if you went, if you accept the compliments, you're, you're accepting like, People, you're expecting, you're you're expecting like more from yourself. So I think it's kind of like setting expectations. So I think when you deflect the comp- compliment, you're basically saying, "No, I'm not that what you think I am. I'm just this." 
So it's kind of like a safety barrier so people don't get, you know, kind of their expectations raised about you. I think that's I think that's such a good point. I think it all boils down to people's low self-esteem, ultimately. And when people compliment you, it kind of contradicts with how you view yourself. So, you know, people, as I said, people just immediately just cringe a little bit. And there's plenty of ways you see people react to it. So some immediately deflect. Yeah. Some kind of try to make it humorous. Uh, you know, some people discount it. So I don't know if you've ever had it when you compliment someone's food. If they've made something, oh, this tastes really good. And they start to give you like 10 reasons as to why it could have been better. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, the, the lentils, they didn't quite turn out the way I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Rather than just accept it and say thank you. So why do you think people, you know, don't accept compliments. Again, I, I think as we just said, I think it is that that self-esteem thing. I think people, uh, they, they, how they see themselves, they don't think they're as good. They don't, they... So, when was the last time you gave a compliment, Jack? Ironically, George, it was to you. It was uh, Wednesday this week, and it was just after you had showed me the presentation that you were going to deliver on Thursday, and I told you that I admired how serious you had taken this piece of work mm-hmm. and how dedicated you were to it. And, uh, yeah, the presentation was great. So you needed to know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, last time I gave a compliment, I actually can't remember it, to be honest. And I, I tend to give, I'm t- I tend to give out compliments. Um, no, so yesterday, dropping uh, Courtney off, I, I said to him, I complimented his mother. I was like, you know, she's a great person. She does a lot for you. Uh, so I think that was the last compliment I gave uh, that I can remember giving as well. On the spot is a bit hard to think of as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you, you do tend to give quite a lot of compliments when you're speaking to people. You'd be like, you're the man. Yeah. You got this. You're great. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I guess it's hard to think of when you think of the more specific times where you're uh, exactly. being a little bit more serious about a compliment that you're given. Exactly that. So... You know, last question here. How can you, what do you, what kind of advice can you give people so that they can accept more compliments? I mean, it sounds so basic, but I think part of it is just practicing it and just by, you know, simply just accepting the compliment just by returning gratitude, just by saying thank you. I always found for me when I, you know, was first in work and you get some people who'd come up to you and be like, oh, yeah, no, you look great today. My immediate thing was to try and use a bit of humor to be like, oh, a shower makes all the difference. Yeah. And then I think slowly and surely, like over time, you just get a little bit more comfortable with it. And then you can just learn how to say thanks. And then you're fishing for compliments. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. No, I think that's that's great. Well said. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that the absolute same. Just, you know, practice saying thank you. And the more you, you know, practice saying thank you without making an excuse for yourself, the better you get. And then before you know it, you... You know, it's just kind of second. It's just like now sometimes it's second nature that I see with some people when they accept a compliment, they'll, you know, make a make a joke or, or downplay it. It'll just be second nature to be like, thank you. And then, you know. Indeed, yeah. It, you know? I think that's a good thing for people to practice as well as also just to go around giving compliments. Yeah, yeah. So what, what kind of benefits do you think people can get from giving compliments? That's a good question. I didn't fucking prepare for that, George. <laughs> Go on, go on. I don't know. What benefits are there? Uh, I think I think you'd be more confident if you if you give gave out compliments because it's 
it's, you know, whenever you go into an unknown place and you go in there, like, say, I don't know what you're going to say if I compliment you. So it's it's like a bit of unknown. Uh, so I think I'd be more confident to, to do that. So I think I gain a little bit more confidence by doing that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts at all? No. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you having this conversation with me. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And, yeah. Look forward to our next conversation. And before I go, I want to leave you with one last quote. Compliments are gifts. Receive graciously and simply say thank you. How are you then? Fantastic. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Uh, Likewise. Thank you so much for joining. How is it over there? Where are you now? I'm in Colorado today. Oh, wow. You're traveling back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You're in London? Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah. Um, Northwest London. I don't know if you've been here. Oh, I love London. It's one of my favorite cities. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great city, to be fair. Very chilly this summer, but that's London for you. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> right, Danny. So today, I want to thank you for coming on the, the episode today, uh, talking about the importance of reading. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about, you know, why it's important to read. And I know you talk a lot about leadership through reading. Uh, so I want to discuss some of that as well. And I uh, just want you to share your wisdom with us. Perfect. However, I you and your audience, George. Yes, fantastic. So first question I have for you uh, is why is reading important and when is the best time to start? Well, it's great questions, George. I'll answer the second part first. The best start, you know, it's that it's that saying, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the second best time yeah. today? So uh, if a person's not a reader yet, it doesn't mean they don't have to become a reader. You can you can start right now. Um, gosh, and now I'm forgetting the first part of the question. Why is reading important? I believe it was. That's uh, it. Reading is, um, you know, it's in my studies of successful people. Uh, I have never read about a person that's successful in any industry, whether it's business or athletics or, uh, uh, you know, politics. The most effective leaders are always avid readers. Right, right. So it's just so it's just very important to keep developing your knowledge, keep getting better every day so you can apply it to whether that's athletics, politics, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's important to remember is it does the research is very clear on this. It doesn't matter what you read. What matters is how much you read. It doesn't matter if you're reading James Joyce or James and the Giant Peach. People who read more <laughs> read better. <laughs> No, absolutely. Absolutely. I tried to, I actually, uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and he says, you know, skip a meal, but don't skip reading. Yeah. So he, he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, said in a few of his books, I'll, I'll read, you know, I'll read for 30 minutes regardless uh, of what happens. It's just that important to him. Like you said, for success. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Tony's mentor uh, was also one of my mentors, Jim Rohn and Jim Rohn. Oh, wow. said, yeah. Jim Rohn. Um, he used to say that uh, poor people have big TVs, rich people have big t- uh, libraries. He's absolutely right about that. <laughs> I like that. That's that's interesting. Fantastic. Number two here. What's the relationship between reading and success? I know you, you mentioned it about you know the correlation between successful people read 
so what's that? What's what's what? It, can you just go into that a little bit more? What's that relationship there? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, so it's interesting. So it, it's based on whatever you're trying to do. So you just mentioned that you uh, read Tony Robbins, George. I mean, well, sure. Tony Ro Robbins is probably uh, the top personal development guru on the planet. And so yeah. if you ever want to uh, be a successful personal development guru, basically by reading Tony Robbins, you're getting your own private tutoring sessions from the best. It will serve you. Uh, if you wanted to become the head of a, your own major company, you know, maybe maybe you should read things by Richard Branson. I mean, the man came mm -hmm. from nothing and uh, he's actually fascinating because he's also dyslexic. Uh, but, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I always point out to people, it's fascinating. A lot of the most successful people are dyslexics and uh, yeah. they listen. They listen to books. And that's just as effective as reading them on your own. So, uh, uh, and, I mean, when I people always laugh when I say athletes, but um, most of the successful athletes I've studied, uh, they use reading as a way of um, relaxing or uh, helping them a little bit better. Um, you know, before the NBA finals, when the Miami Heat were first in the NBA finals with uh, LeBron James, I could have kissed yeah. him because they showed him in the locker room reading a copy of Suzanne Collins' The Hunger Games. And I'm like, wow, you just did more for reading uh, than I can ever do in my lifetime. Just that one uh, uh, image. Yeah. And, and those books, by the way, are absolutely one of my favorite uh, series uh, to read. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Suzanne Collins, great writer. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I always tell that to people. It really doesn't matter what you read. What matters is how much you read. But I always also point out to students that you are what you read. So read good stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've been telling this to a lot of people lately. Do yourself a favor. Turn off the television news and read something that inspires you and lifts you up. If, if the news... Uh, if you if you come away from the news always feeling depressed and despondent, well, that's not serving you. Mm, you need to yeah. read something that actually serves you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and my friends, they always say, you know, I'd love to read. You know, I'm, I'm myself. I'm quite an avid reader. I tend to read just about every day. And and my friends always say, oh, I'd love to read a bit more, maybe like yourself, but I have trouble doing this. <laughs> Uh, and, and then, you know, I say to them, oh, maybe, you, you know, read, read a page a day, which one did you make it a habit or, or something, um, get it into your routine. But then but then it's, you know, they don't do that. You, you miss out one day, the next day, it just doesn't doesn't work. And then like, how much can you actually get from reading a page a day? So my question to you is, how can we get people to read more? Yeah, so that's a Great question, George. I mean, that's, I have the world's top reading engagement program. That's specifically what uh, I do with people. It's called thereadinghabit.com. And that's what I always yeah. tell people is that, uh, you know, habits, a lot of people uh, will tell you it takes 21 days to change a habit. And I always yeah. say, well, show me the research on that one. Uh, it's a completely fabricated number. I know where the number comes from. It's from a, a wonderful book written in 1960 by Dr. Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics. And Dr. Okay. Maltz was a plastic surgeon. And in the preface of the book, he said he noticed it took most of his plastic surgery patients about 21 days to get accustomed to their new face. Well, yeah. a lot of personal development gurus, people that you and I respect, took that number and started telling people it takes 21 days to change a habit, but it wasn't based on any research. So actually in 2009, researchers at the University of London actually did a study on habit formation and they found it took anywhere from 18 
to 254 days to change a habit. And mm -hmm. the average was 66 days. Well, I don't like the number 66, so I threw in a bonus day. My program <laughs> takes 67 days, just over two months. Um, but why I tell people this is important to understand is, first of all, it depends on the habit you're trying to change. So for example, if you want to drink a glass of water before breakfast, that might take about 18 days to turn that into a habit. But sure. if, you want to, if you want to quit smoking, that's going to take 254 days. Um, and I, I, I really don't like it when I hear people say 21 days to change a habit since it's not based on research. I'm like, well, let's say, George, you're trying to lose weight. So you follow a diet religiously for 21 days, yeah. but then on day 22, you fall off the wagon. Well, you blame yourself. And that's completely wrong because research says on average, it takes three times longer than that to develop a habit. And so what I'm trying to do, I loved what you were in doing with your friends, George, encouraging them just to read a page a day. I'm like, yeah. that's better than nothing. Um, yeah. I'm always trying to get people to read 20 minutes a day because the statistics show that the kids that read 20 minutes a day usually are around the 90th percentile in their class. And, mm -hmm. uh, if, uh, you know, a tip I gave, I was speaking to a corporation last week and a lot of these executives said, oh, I, you know, I don't really have time to read. I'm like, well, yeah, who, who has time to read after you watch the game on TV, have yeah. a couple of beers, uh, <laughs> go shopping? I mean, there's no such thing as time management. There's only priority management. And I love hearing that you make reading a priority, George. And that's all I'm trying to do with people. The tip I gave the executives last week, I said, well, too many of us, we view reading has to be Charles Dickens and William Shakespeare. It doesn't have to be something as complex as that. If you want to just read the sports page every day, read the sports page. Uh, I always tell people, one of the, I'm, a, I'm a lazy reader, but I like sounding intelligent. And so I'll go to the children's section and I'll read biographies of famous people that are picture books written for kids. And I learn a whole lot about these people. And often it yeah. inspires me to read something more complex about those people. So there's real simple ways to integrate reading into your daily routine. Well, that's an interesting one there. Um, I actually might give that a go, uh, the, the, the children's pictures book. Because I always feel like, especially growing up, grew up in church, and I always felt the Bible was so complex. And yeah. but you have these children's books about, you know, stories from the Bible. And it was it's you just get it like that. So that's a very interesting point there, Danny. It's funny that you just said that, George, because that's what uh, when I was trying to my wife was impressed. We were actually vacationing in, in England and uh, yeah. uh, she was like, gosh, I wish I wish I could find in the Bible the story of uh, David and Goliath. I'm like, oh, that's in First Samuel. And she's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, when I read the children's picture Bible to the kids every night, it always has pictures and it shows the, the reference. And I'm able to remember it because of the pictures. And so, you know, Walt Disney said people think in pictures and it's just yeah. our brains tend to remember. One of the exercises I'll do with I'll, I'll do with this with you, George, and yeah. your, your entire audience can do this right now. I'm like, OK, I want okay. you to to think of an apple. So. Okay. Take a moment. Think of an apple. Okay. What did you think of, George? Uh, red apple. You thought of a red apple. Okay. And uh, so some people they'll think of a red apple, or they'll think of a Fuji apple, or they'll think of an Apple computer. Um, but I've never, ever once doing that exercise had somebody say, uh, "Oh, when you asked me to think of an apple, I thought of A P P L E," because yeah. we don't think in words; we think in pictures. Very interesting. I've 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 known that, but it's funny hearing you say that, especially when it goes back to reading the children's books, you retain more information because of that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, great. Fantastic. Okay. 
So now I have a few rapid fire questions here for you. Uh, I believe it's seven to be exact. So we'll start it now. (laughs) Are you ready? I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite book? Uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Very funny book. Okay. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. I love biographies. Yeah. Reading for learning or leisure? Well, I think both. Uh, they they go hand in hand for me. Yep. You like the story you said about Le- Le- LeBron James. Uh, yeah. You know, some t- it's important to, to have a little bit of both there. Well, uh, I, love, I love being inspired. There's so many of these books that uh, I'll read a, a 400 page book. But if there's a two page story that's interesting, I'm like, oh, it was worth my time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Long books or short books? Short books. I have uh, I have the number one uh, book club online called LazyReaders.com. And uh, every month I update it with 10 book recommendations, three or four adult level, three or four young adult level, and three or four children's level books, all under 250 pages. So you have something you can read when you're stuck in a boring meeting. Amazing. I'll be sure to check that out. <laughs> uh, uh, fifth question here. When did you fall in love with reading, Danny? Not till I started teaching in the inner city. I, I grew up hating reading, George. Mm-hmm. I was always surrounded by by books and everything. And it wasn't until I, I started teaching in an under-resourced area where my kids didn't have access to the same things I had growing up, where I really pointed the finger at myself and said, shame on me. And yeah. uh, so I got my act together and started reading in front of my kids. Wow. Wow. I, I Same as that. After I, I'd never read before university. Uh, and and then I after I graduated, I picked up. Uh, my first book and it was um, an astronaut's guide to life on earth and i absolutely fell in love yeah you see isn't it sad that uh, school does its best to make you hate reading and it was once you finally left school and got to choose the reading for yourself that it became a passion yeah it's ironic yeah very yeah yeah, interesting (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so six here what was the first book you remember reading um Gosh, I I remember reading, it was a Berenstain Bears book, I think, where the dad was trying on different hats. I just remember lots of, or maybe <laughs> Harry the Dirty Dog. Maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, Clifford's great, too. Um, what book has affected you the most? Huh. Well, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a book that, because you're into personal development. Uh, yeah. One of my mentors, a guy by the name of Jack Canfield, who uh, he, he co-created the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, but he has a book called The Success Principles, which after I read that book, I told my coach at the time, I'm like, you know what? I, I, for $20 in this book, it's filled with incredible research, great stories. I mean, it was worth it just for the bibliography. It's basically a $25,000 coaching program in a $20 book. And I, I bowed to my coach. I'm like, I, I'm, I promise I'm going to meet Jack this year. And uh, within four months, I met Jack Canfield, who was very, he, he was everything I had hoped he, him to be. So that's the book I would recommend. <laughs> well, absolutely. That's a very inspiring story as well. When you set your mind to something, you can really get it done. Truly, truly. Yeah. A fantastic. Uh, Dr. Danny Brussel, thank you so much for your time, for coming on the, the podcast. Um, I wish you nothing but luck and good fortune and good reading as well. (laughs) Thank you, George. And just as a quick uh, gift to everybody in your audience, if they go to freereadingtraining.com, again, freereadingtraining.com, I'm going to give everybody a complimentary e-copy of my book, Read, Lead, and Succeed, 
which is a book I wrote for a principal who was having a difficult time keeping his uh, team positively uh, engaged. And every week, so I said, okay, I'll write you a book. So every week I give you a concept, an inspirational quote, an inspirational story, a book recommendation on a book you should read, but you're probably too lazy because you're an adult. So I also give you a children's picture book recommendation <laughs> that demonstrates the same concept. That's for everybody. Yeah. And uh, we, we thank you for, for all that you do to encourage people, George. We need a lot more of you. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And I will have that uh, the links for those in the description. So once again, thank you very much, Danny. Thanks, George. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.